We are back. Welcome to Talk About Tatooine. I'm Andrew. And I'm Nathan. And we are twin brothers here to bring you what's new in nerddom and give colorful commentary on our favorite subjects. Welcome to our cantina. Grab a drink and settle in as we set course for realities beyond our own. I'm almost out of coffee, which is upsetting. I am also almost out of coffee. So, (laughs) My wife suggested something interesting to me that the next time you and I are together, we need to film a short and put it on our channel showing us in the same room, showing people that we're actually two distinct beings and not not like some sort of AI copy or whatever. Well, if you guys tuned into our last episode, we were talking about Bad Batch Season 2, Episode 1, Spoils of War. Now we are on to Episode 2, Ruins of War. Uh, oh, yeah. Nathan, do you want to start us off and give us your rating? All right, guys. So we start, we have the kind of those five different things we're going to go over for each episode. We have a rating out of one to 10 favorite moments, what we think is going to happen next, a little bit of lore and least favorite part of the episode as well. We're going to start off with that rating one out of 10. This I'm, I feel, I feel bad for marking down Star Wars, but again, I rated this one six out of 10 because this is still just moderately interesting. I'm waiting for things to heat up really that's where i feel like they're going with this is like this is a two-part episode um they're still on the planet serrano where they're trying to um uncover dooku's war chest which honestly is really cool to see the uh spoils of war uh you know title of episode one um that he got out of the clone war because he's like they're literally carrying ships full of cargo of just treasure and you're like oh shoot like that guy was rich so i think that's really cool but so far i think one of the main themes in this show like isn't just the development of clone force 99 but really the they're really just focusing on highlighting the growth of the cancerous corruption that is the empire and i think they're doing a really good job at that so far but again i still felt like this episode as an individual was still just moderately interesting so i gave it a six out of ten i really liked how you call it like a cancerous corruption of the empire because a lot of people who were the first leaders in the empire were also leaders in the Republic. So whatever bureaucracy was holding that, that temptation to grab power is now just gone. And they're like, okay, we're just going to go wild and we're going to start doing real evil stuff. Yep. Absolutely. They're results driven uh, only. For this episode, I gave it a seven out of 10. I felt like it was a little bit more interesting. Uh, I was really surprised at the end of episode one where they didn't just like make this miraculous escape and they're like, oh, they got the cargo. It's like, nope, this is a two-parter. Uh, we're giving you a two-parter right out of the gate. Uh, it's not going to go well. And it's going to be this this tension between what Omega heard from Echo, where he said in the ship early on in episode one, he said, we are here because of Omega. And she takes that really negatively. Uh, yeah. And it's really like, I heard that. I was like, that's a brutal thing to say like jeez <laughs> like, uh, echo <laughs> yeah i was like jeez echo oh my gosh and we see him clarify later where he's like hey i wouldn't have made a different decision like and i think that's a really good clarification like you see that really takes the tension out and omega really receives that feedback by the end of the show but yeah we we see this like like there's this tension to like hey we need to get this loot because like we need to use it for good things and yeah, just absolutely. Oh, yeah. And it's alluding to they're going to rebel against the Empire instead of just trying to hide. Rebellions cost money, baby. Rebellions <laughs> cost money. 
as we we found out in Andor, uh, in two things. This is moving on to my favorite moment of the show. Rebellions. Okay, here's here's just a lesson learned for when you're stealing from the Empire. Secure your cargo. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it you, is. Did you also have flashbacks uh, to the escape scene, to the Aldani raid? Okay, watching people get crushed by giant crates of money is... First off, it's good television, just straight up. That's good. That's some good TV right there. It's good, it's good television, but it's brutal. It's hard to watch when Nemec gets cr- like crushed and killed by the crate of credits in the Aldani heist from Andor. Uh, I audibly gasped. And in this episode of The Bad Batch, I did the same thing. And it was just like, not again. No. <laughs> I was like, Tech's going to die. He's not going to live. Um, and something I actually wanted to, to pick your brain about is the injury that Tech sustains. Uh, he, he breaks his femur. Yeah. Like, that's a really dangerous injury from what I can know. Can you tell us a little bit more about, like, what happens if you were to break your femur? Because, like, you have a background in, in uh, kinesiology. I don't. So. <laughs> Um, so he actually, if I remember correctly, I think he specifies he has um, multiple radial fractures of the femur. He, he even like, he, he's tech. So he's like, I think I just experienced 150 kilograms of load into my femur or something weird like that. Um, yeah. My first thought was like, do I need to Google that to see if that's enough force to break a bone or not? Um, it probably is. 150 kilograms is um, approximately like it's probably somewhere close to like 350 pounds of force. Um, So it's a decent amount. Uh, So not quite the crate size that we saw Nemec get crushed with. Yeah. And so weirdly enough, you're like, okay, first of all, how did you know that was 150 kilograms of force, but it's tech. So I'm sure he has some weird, that's just part of his um, genetic enhancements, uh, basically superpowers. My question is like, he's like, walking around still and i i don't know if they just didn't make it as obvious as i wanted to but it it seemed like he was moving an awful lot for somebody who had multiple fractures of his femur um pretty i was i was also very concerned for his well-being i was like he's like probably gonna die this episode like Mm -hmm. i was like my theory from last episode where i was like oh they'll kill everyone else at the end of the whole series not this freaking season i was like is tech gonna die in episode two yeah ah, like i was a little worried for him um but he it goes untreated for a long time yeah so i think that's a little unrealistic so like i think that has to do probably i think there's probably some because they are wearing wearing the katarn style battle armor so maybe there's like some pain suppressors like inside the armor i'm not entirely sure i'm not super probably. familiar yeah i'm not super familiar with the actual like canon of the armor um i know that like in other universes like space marine armor can actually like just give you pain suppressants right away i don't know if that's a thing in the star wars universe so but i did that actually was one of my favorite things about this episode was the efforts of tech and the fact that like he gets his leg broken and he's still able to fight off the laat gunship and several troopers on speeders like because they set up that e-web turret and he totally just snags it. He's like, this is mine now. But there's a couple of times where I'm like, he's yeah. going to die. Because even in the uniformity of the Grand Army of the Republic and their clones, we see a lot of diversity amongst the different legions. And we see a lot of different individuality 
between the different characters. They give themselves nicknames. They don't refer to their their uh, actual clone designations basically at all. But then once the Empire took over and their all their brains basically get turned into scrambled eggs, uh, we see that individuality just be completely erased. And honestly, it's heartbreaking. It's really hard to watch. We saw yeah. these guys with actual feelings and thoughts, and that was the point behind the clone army is they're based on a genetic model of Django Fett so that they would be good fighters. They're still individual people yeah. so that they can outthink and outmaneuver the droid army of the separatists. I, yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, when we get into our next talking point of what we think will happen to Nick in the next episode or kind of the rest of the season, mm-hmm. I didn't know. I felt like this episode wrapped itself up very nicely. Yeah. And so my, my biggest thing was like in episode two, I was kind of like, okay, when I was just waiting, I was like, when are we going to see crosshair? Cause he definitely didn't die on Camino. Right. Um, and then they talk about that a little bit more in episode three, but it's very like obvious. I'm just like, okay, where's like looking around i'm like where's crosshair like he's gonna come back like you know where's he gonna be um but i i don't really know what's gonna happen what's gonna happen next so go ahead and share some of your thoughts on that i actually copied and pasted the wrong theory uh so this episode really foreshadows uh how the empire is going to treat the rest of the clone army just in general and how i think the clones are going to respond i think there is going to be a clone uprising uh, and we've seen little pockets of i guess rebellion start to foment inside the imperial ranks as the clones are slowly replaced by stormtroopers and how they're really treated as just like disposable like yeah like you've run your course like who do you think you are even though they're perfectly good soldiers well and they're great soldiers soldiers. the biggest problem though is even Though the clones were ultimately designed to kill all the Jedi, the Jedi were also the ones parading them around for years. And the Jedi, because of like the compassionate nature of the Order, were like, hey, you guys need to be your own people. Like most of the Jedi, were, except the bad ones, Pong Krell, um, referred to I all of... love Pong Krell. Stop. He's so evil. Um, but that's he's also why so he's so cool. Um that's that's something i want to touch on in a later episode for sure but he like other than that most of these jedi were like yeah you guys are like soldiers and still human so like you guys need to like individualize yourself themselves so they really promoted that whereas like the empire is like you guys are terrible at being copies of each other <laughs> like and it's like well yeah they just they went under like however many years of like basically just mental conditioning and then they like start encountering the jedi and the jedi are like yeah, we're just going to like make you guys backtrack on that a little bit. We're going to make you guys your own people. Um, and then the Empire is like, oh, yeah, this is why we're phasing this out, because the Jedi's compassion is still playing itself out, even though 99% of them are dead. For sure. So, uh, Let's move into our lore segment for this episode. You have a lot written here, and I'm, I'm into it. I'm so, so into it. So we get to meet Captain Wilco in this episode. Captain Wilco is basically the commanding commander, excuse me, of the forces on Serrano, who is tasked with obtaining the war chest, the massive plunder of the late Count Dooku. Now, being a clone, Wilco is excellent at following orders, although he is not successful. Hold on. (laughs) You you said Serrano. It's Serrano. 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 Serrano It's a pepper. pepper. (laughs) 
dude freaking freaking one note must have uh been like oh. oh he's talking about peppers here he's not talking about a fictional planet so autocorrect sereno oh. i'm gonna fix that right now i'm gonna go over that again because you're like you're totally right i didn't even notice that it had changed that oh that's um, gonna be a good blooper oh, no man. did i say that in episode one too oh i think i said so <laughs> maybe the planet of the pepper okay anyways you could say this so, episode's a little spicy it is a little spicy um we're going to go over that lower episode one more time. So Captain Wilco dies in this episode. We get to see him executed, which is really not fun. That kind of sucks. Um, and we see him commanding the forces of Sereno, who are tasked with obtaining the war chest, the massive plunder of the late Count Dooku. Now, being a clone, Wilco is excellent at following orders, although he is not successful against the forces of Clone Force 99. And because of that, gets executed by Vice Admiral Rampart for basically fail, filing a truthful report and he's like no that's going to make me look bad and then he gets shot so not only is this upsetting because like we hear this phrase like good soldiers follow orders um yes. and he is being a good soldier and weirdly enough he's doing exactly what the empire wanted him to do and he's like i'm a good soldier i follow orders and he still gets executed so this again just continues to illustrate the continued descent into corruption as every last bit of the republic again is just slowly scrubbed from the galaxy either um, by sending these troopers to their deaths or by some basically just shooting them in the face so we're getting yeah. a lot of that and it's this kind of it's this kind of treatment that is really going to spark, I would say, a clone rebellion. Um, if a clone rebellion happens, it's not going to end well for them. I think the Empire is going to completely and utterly crush them. I think it's going to be really sad. There's only going to be a few clone survivors. We'll probably see, I mean, we know Rex, Wolf, and Gregor survive because they show up in Rebels. We don't yep. know what's going to happen to Cody, who is one of the other commanders that we're, we see really close um, we we don't actually know if the Bad Batch is going to survive. We don't know what happens to Delta Squad. Uh, I would love to hear them. If they brought back oh. the original voice actors for that, that would be, ah, be so good. I would so, die. I would explode. That'd be so good. Yeah. Uh, there's actually a little bit of foreshadowing into Captain Wilco, and that's actually baked into his name. Yeah, so Wilco I did see is that. Actually, <laughs> Wilco is short for will comply in military slang, like in our world, like our military says... Wilco as just saying, we'll comply, Roger that, or Roger, Roger. And yeah, the irony is just dripping from his name, his fate to say he's like, I'm complying with orders, but I'm not complying with orders, but I'm trying to comply with orders. And now he just gets, he just gets murdered. He just gets murdered on the spot by Vice Admiral Rampart. And it hurt to watch. We had known this guy for like five minutes and I'm like, I can't believe they killed him. Yeah, I mean, the nice thing is they're playing off the emotional attachment that really got built up in the Clone Wars series because not all clones are bad. And even though we see a lot of these clones we really love, you see some of them get out of it. So Rex, Gregor, and Wolf all basically get away from the Empire and they start living on their own. But like Commander Cody, for example, like he straight up complies with like Order 66. Like he thinks he kills General Kenobi. He's yeah. like, hey, take that fat ass tank cannon right there and then shoot that lizard with the Jedi on its back. Like just absolutely no hesitation, like just goes for it. Yeah. And you're just like, oh no. And then the Clone Wars filled in that character a little bit. So we started liking these characters more and you're just like, oh man. And so there is that ingrained um, 
emotional attachment that if you've watched clone wars if you've watched rebels you're like but the clones are still sort of good but they're fighting for the empire and then they just get murdered so yeah, yeah. there's there's a lot of irony there um but yeah this this series again i mentioned like i think the point of this series is to make the empire look as bad as possible mm-hmm. and they're doing a great job they're doing a great job um if we move on to our next bit here um the least favorite part of this episode is i kind of thought they were going to get away from this but like omega keeps getting herself into trouble um and this seems to kind of just be a trope of this series um and i'm hoping that like as you mentioned like i'm hoping she gets the ahsoka treatment so instead of being somebody that's constantly needed needing to be pulled out of the fire i am hoping that as season two progresses omega is actually the one bailing out the bad batch because she shows a lot of really interesting areas of growth for example and has some really really keen insight so we know from episode or excuse me from series one that she is a fantastic strategist she's one of the best of the entire team because she basically pays off the team's debt when she is working in sid's cantina um, playing their their board game so she's really really good at that she is working and studying with tech and memorizing all of these different schematics and things. So she's just as smart as everyone else. Um, she just has less time than the rest of the unit has had less experience. Right. So she's really, really, I think she's going to be like, she's still a clone. We have to remember that. And so she's still capable of doing like really extraordinary feats of learning, improvement, marksmanship, strategy, all of those different things. So I'm excited to see how she's going to, she's going to do. And because she's a clone, I'm assuming they will go through kind of more of her rapid aging process as well. And I don't think I I would have a hard time imagining that they keep her as like this child for the Mm -hmm. entire thing, especially when we look at the Ahsoka treatment. This is you see her like physically being a Padawan, like Mm -hmm. looks like she's barely like a teenager, like super young, kind of scrawny. And then like by the end of the series, she is a warrior, like, Mm -hmm. and they like change her character model quite a bit. um, And they like, and then you see her in Mandalore and you're like, oh, she's a like she's a like a Togruta. And they obviously model that really well by the length of her head tails as well. Um, because that's pretty common in that uh in that species. As they get older, their head tails yes. get longer. So I'm hoping they do the same thing with Omega. Not with head tails, obviously, because she's human, but <laughs> yeah, um I'm hoping I'm hoping that they make those changes to her character model and drawing and illustration mm-hmm. and like show that like yeah, she's still undergoing that like rapid aging process. Like she's going to be strong. She's going to be an excellent marksman. Maybe she'll take all of the best attributes of the Bad Batch and amplify all of them. Maybe we'll see. Well, but again, the trope is what I didn't like. Yeah. Does Omega have, like, is she actually going through the rapid aging process or is she aging like a normal human kind of like boba? Yeah. So she is, I believe, going, and I would, if you guys have comments on this, I would actually love to hear this. But from my knowledge is that she is going through the rapid aging process is because in season one, the Kaminoans basically say like, hey, the gene stock that we have from Jango Fett is starting to degrade. We need to make a clone with a fully reproducible set of genes that we can use more and therefore they clone omega so she's not done all the way at the beginning right like if back when boba was uh essentially born or that grown whatever you want to call it um or she would be way older she would be um she would be uh, i i guess to say it because that i'm assuming that she was created later than boba 
Um, and since they appear to be roughly the same age now, I believe she's going through that accelerated aging process. You know what? Yeah, you're right. Because if she was created partway through the Clone Wars, she would be barely older than a toddler still. But she's like, she's like a tween or a teenager. Yeah, I'm assuming she's probably equivalent to like 14 to 16 years old, right? Yeah. That's that's my that's my opinion. I mean, she uses a weapon really well. Like she's yeah, definitely she's not like nine or ten. Like she's she's very strong. So yeah, she doesn't show the the lack of coordination that a child would have. So yeah, I, I guess you're right. She's definitely it's it's unclear to us whether or not she's still rapidly aging or if she went through rapid aging and now is aging normally. Because mm-hmm. I think they only go through rapid aging when they are in the cloning bats. Um, again. Hit us up in the comments. This is not a part of the lore that I'm super familiar with. Um, so if we're wrong, let us know. They So they do go through rapid aging their entire life. Uh, and you see this. And I can't remember his name, but in season one, you remember that clone that deserts and he has a family with the Twi'lek? Um, yeah. He's got, he's got gray hair. And I'm assu- so I'm assuming that they're still going through that rapid aging process in the but legends like, canon. If you read Republic commando, it is insinuated that um, like when Cal Scarada is basically keeping hold of all of the commandos, he does lament multiple times how these clones don't have long for this world. But Rex lives until the battle of Endor. That's true. He's, he's pretty old in the battle of Endor. Yeah. So that's that's a good that's that's a very interesting question. I would I would also love to hear the input of our listeners as well, just to kind of see like, hey, what do you guys think? Like, are did they stop aging once they get out of the vats? Um, But they're not in the vats very long because they have to start the learning process really quickly. So I would say, yeah, Yeah. they still are aging. I I think that's kind of where I land on that. They are still aging at a rapid pace. The Clone Wars lasts only three years. Only three years. I know. So it's actually a fairly short-lived war. Okay. Which is kind of surprising, actually. It says, yeah, the yeah. Clone Wars lasted from 22 BBY to 19 BBY. So around 32 BBY is when the clones were starting to be manufactured with a million more along the way. Which, if the Battle of Endor was four ABY after the Battle of Yavin, 32 plus 4 is 36. So Rex is only 36 at the Battle of Endor, but he looks much, much older. And that actually makes sense. So if you assume their accelerated yeah. aging is like a two times factor, because the from the time they were commissioned to the time the war actually started, these clones are only 10 years old, mm-hmm. and but they're like full-grown adults, right? So yeah. it's assumed that they can be anywhere between the age of like 18 to like 20 years of like human stature. Um, and then every year that goes by in the galactic universe, two years goes by for the clones as far as their age. So I, th- I think that's kind of a rough estimate we okay. could use. Yeah, I think that really tracks and that kind of shows the the short lifespan of the clones. Okay, that was really helpful for me, being able to do the math and kind of look some stuff up. And, uh, yeah, I think they, they do accelerate faster and their lifespans are a lot shorter, which is probably why the Empire is so eager to just get rid of them because they're like, uh, you're old? <laughs> like they're essentially, like by the time the Empire is taking over, like they're past their mid, mid-life point. Yeah, which I, I would love to see like optimal the- optimal for soldiers. 
Yeah, I would love to see the actual like aging factor somewhere in Star Wars because I would assume it's probably somewhere between two and three. Because if we assume it's just a flat two times age rate, then that would put Omega as like probably closer to like, I would guess maybe seven or eight years old, but like looks um, 14 to 16 kind of a thing. Right. Um, mm -hmm. Whereas if it's a three times factor, then she could be as young as only five years old. And that would make sense with like the Kaminoans realizing like, oh, our genetic stock is starting to degrade. We need to come up with a solution right away. Um, mm -hmm. Because if the stock started to degrade after three years you're like mm, that kind of like that that seems like it's really short-lived but again like these are cloning physics this is all sci-fi so they can basically make up the rules as they want so and we say that the stock started to degrade after three years because uh chingo fett's killed like he dies <laughs> and then yeah Bola so yeah they, they, so they can't, can't re yeah there's yeah. no way to restock their genetic pool essentially yeah and then the Battle of Camino. I think Asajj Ventress tries to steal the genetic stock. That was that was a good episode or good. Oh um, gosh, I totally arc. forgot about that one. Yeah, dude, yeah. Camino gets like kind of screwed, like yeah. bad. They go from being uh, basically cloners in the middle of nowhere, where no one really knows about them, to like five years later, or no, less than five years after the war starts, three years later, because. Um, because uh, Admiral Rampart and his folks, the Empire, basically bombed Kamino into dust in 19 BBY. So it's like the same year that the Clone War ends. Um, yeah. They're like, hey, by the way, we don't need you guys. Bye. Eat shells. And they just like absolutely like try to just hammer everything. So, yeah, it's brutal. Brutal for the Kaminoans. Uh, it is. They brutal. probably are not completely exterminated at that point. Their, yeah, that would be surprised. Is destroyed. Yeah, that would be surprised if the Empire did complete a genocide of the Kaminoan people. But like, it's also not entirely clear on how many of them there are, um, mm -hmm. because Tupoka City is only one city. So, Correct. I don't know. Maybe we'll have to do an episode on Kamino uh, and let you guys know more. So, yeah. but I mean, imagine a city potentially the size of like New York just being wiped off the map. Yeah, pretty much. They, I think they evacuated a lot of the clones, but uh, the Kaminoans were still there. So maybe yeah. it would be like, I mean, yeah, just totally erasing a city off the map is, is is a big deal. But yeah, we didn't at the start of this episode go over kind of like our intro questions here, guys. Yeah. So we'll cover so that. Another outro questions. Yeah, so another outro question. So let me just pull those up really quick. Mm -hmm. There we go. All right. So our three starter questions are what have you been watching recently? What games you've been playing and what hobbies work have you gotten done? So I will start just by asking you, what have you been watching recently? I don't think I really have any updates on what I've been watching. Like I said, I am trying to uh, rewatch Bad Batch season one at the same time. Um, Mandalorian comes out soon. So I may also pull up season one and two. Nice. Um, but mostly what I'm doing is I'm also, I'm trying to write some more content for our YouTube channel as far as like some shorts and some videos talking about the lore of Grand Admiral Thrawn and how he comes oh, up. So I'm rereading so all of the Thrawn books, uh, both Legends and Canon. I'm rewatching Star Wars Rebels season three and four. And let's go. Uh, I'm just, I'm just trying to figure out what's, what I think is going to happen with Thrawn. Um, because we know that last time we saw Ahsoka in Mandalorian, she name drops Thrawn and 
he will probably be the big bad for the Ahsoka TV series coming out later this year. I hope so. That would be amazing. And I would just, I, my, my, my mind would explode. One thing that I have also been watching um, that I didn't mention in our previous episode is my wife and I just finished Lego Masters Season 3. So nice. um, that's a really fun one. Um, they get really emotional in that show, which I'm not always super comfortable with. But I understand that like this is a series that actually takes a ton of time. And these guys are spending, like, if you take into consideration production time and the actual time that they have to build these things like some of the like some of these challenges are like 24 hours long like they are yeah, in there for the long haul there's obviously going to be breaks so everyone can like use the bathroom get food like stuff like that so like these are probably multi-day events that these guys are spending together and they can't i don't think they do them all at the same time i think they like have these guys come back time and time again and every week they're just inviting less people back because they eliminate contestants so i've been actually really impressed kind of like kind of thinking about like okay how does this how does the production like tie into this and so that's kind of what we've been watching and we might watch some other series that are similar to that but we just finished lego masters season three right on yeah i really like lego masters it's one of my it's probably one of my favorite shows out there. Uh, anytime they release a new episode, uh, we go ahead and watch it. Uh, the Christmas episodes were pretty good. I thought they were really fun. Let's see. Next question is, what games have you been playing? Perfect. Can you ask that just one more time, just a little bit more cohesively without a question mark at the end? Yeah. Next question up on our, on our list of outro questions. What games have you been playing recently? So you actually got me into this next one. I've been playing a ton of Marvel Snap. Ooh, I was and, hoping you would bring up Marvel Snap. Oh, it's it's super fun. It's really competitive. I like it's it's so much fun. The graphics are amazing. Choose through my battery life. Let me tell you what. Um, yes, it does. But it's it's totally free. Like. Totally I'm like free. Marvel just like puts this game out there and they're just like, yep, no one needs to buy anything. Like you can, you can purchase extra stuff that will give you advantages, but like you can unlock everything as well. Like you can, and you can still win with like the cards that they give you and just yes. like grinding new cards. Um, Cause it's really about playing the locations, not necessarily playing your cards. Yeah, for sure. So it's really uh, fun. Honestly, we could probably do an entire episode on Marvel snap and maybe we will at one point. Uh, I wish we would have covered this in our mobile gaming episode which was episode five i mean this now is episode 13 and we probably won't get to another topic until bad batch is done so we yeah. might be able to do it then um but yeah i'm also playing a lot of marvel snap i even had marvel snap up on my stream uh, my hope is that i complete a playthrough of empire war and then i might go back to marvel snap nice. um what's what's your current ranking this season Oh, shoot. I think I'm in like low 30s right now. Uh, this season has been significantly more competitive than the last season. Mm -hmm. uh, the people who were there are like, oh, yeah, like we're really getting the hang of this. You see a lot of uh, different decks that are like, oh, this is this deck is really meta or this deck is really meta. I actually introduced one of my buddies, uh, uh, Mike, into this game, and he's like, he texted me. He's like, man, if I see one more Devil Dino pop up in the board, I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> I love Devil Dino. That's actually Devil a fun Dino one to play against. Really I just don't have a good, I don't have a good deck for it yet. Because um, yeah. I want to, I actually want to build a deck around having cards in the hand, which I learned that you can only have seven cards in your hand at one time, um, yeah. which is a good tip to know. But I want to kind of 
I want to, I would love to build decks around different, like specific, like keynote cards. Yeah. Um, that's why throwing rocks into people's hands is really effective. Uh, so you can play a card like Korg. He's a, he's costs one power. He, or he has one energy cost. He's two power and he throws one rock into your opponent's deck and it feels bad drawing a rock. Nice. Grim. I'm I'm really struggling not to say something horrifically dirty. Yeah, thanks for not. Um, but <laughs> if it stays in there, it stays in there. Rats. Sorry about that. My cord is like really, really bad. Um, so I'm just going to finish this episode by showing you that I got a little orc insignia right oh, on top great. of my kill tank. I got a lot did of black. Yeah, so I got a lot of black down as well. Um I did some really bad job kind of fading in some of this because it's like black right here and then it goes gray to white really quick. So sorry about that. And again, sorry about the mic quality. So you hopefully you guys won't have to hear this whole episode. Um, but if you want to, that's my uh, hobby work I've gotten done. Go ahead and outro us out. Thank you everyone for joining us. Uh, we want to quickly let you know that we are also on YouTube, TikTok, and Instagram, but the best places to listen to us if you want to li just listen to the series are going to be Anchor, Spotify, and we're also on Google Podcasts. That one's my favorite. Uh, as we continue to get more support, maybe we'll jump jump for Apple Podcasts. That's a paid service, so we'll see. Currently, we are making absolutely this much income on this podcast. We are totally just doing it for funsies. And honestly, I love it. I'm having such yeah. a blast. I think it's so fun. Uh, I love just being able to just dump my mind onto a page and discuss it with you. And yeah, uh, it's so fun. But anyway, uh, thanks everyone for being here. Uh, we really appreciate your listening. Uh, your, yeah, I've added little spots of sand onto my Outriders. And then I'm going to add rocks and then bushes as well. And then I'm going to rim each of the ones with this Balthazar gold. It's kind of a bronzy uh, metal. So all of my guys are going to have the same listenership. We really appreciate you being here and just the support that brings us. Just hope you can uh, join the conversation as well. And until next time, may the force be with you. See you guys. Close your eyes.